the SUHSD All-Stars is a podcast dedicated to highlighting education-related topics and all-star individuals throughout the Sweetwater Union High School District with a blend of conversations including schools, programs, departments, and district-wide specific initiatives. With each segment, it is our hope to bring wisdom, expertise, and insight into the day-to-day lives of educators, students, and staff. Each episode of the SUHSD All-Stars will be 15 to 20 minutes and feature a guest on a specified topic. Learn more about all things SUHSD and start listening today. Join us as we sit down with Eastlake Middle School teacher Christian Moreno. Christian is in his sixth year of teaching at SUHSD and is a Sioux High alumnus. Growing up in National City to immigrant parents, Christian was taught that the way out of a life of struggle was education. Listen in and enjoy the conversation as Christian shares his story on the experience of teaching seventh grade dual language world cultures. I grew up in National City. Um, I went to, I did the whole um, National School District. I went to uh, uh, um, Altian, no, before it was Altian, New Horizons, and then I ended up going to, uh, it was like a magnet school for like the gate program. Before the gate program was in every site, they used to have it at Kimball Elementary. So I was at Kimball Elementary and then I had a big shift in, you know, you don't, you don't, people, I don't think people realize how much, how big National City is, even though it's enclosed. There's like a big divide within West and East National City. So I ended up going to like elementary school that was in the West side, but then I ended up going to the east side when it came to uh, uh, a middle school at Granger, where all the bad kids go to Granger, right, apparently. Um, and, and it was so fun that, you know, I, I really got to meet some of my older uh, uh, friends from the beginning of my elementary uh, elementary school career. And I got to reconnect with that part of, of my education. And then you went, I went to Sweetwater. And man, you can see that divide of people from Granger and National City Middle. But this was like the first time we all kind of finally like mixed in and got to know each other you know and then yeah then i went to uh, uh san diego state after going to southwestern college for a couple of years transferred and then after a while i ended up working at um, ucsd at the library for like eight years because um for some reason i wasn't gonna be a librarian and i thought like oh mr Moreno's, oh mr Moreno, i wasn't mr Moreno back then uh christian was gonna be a librarian after working at the national city library for 10 years and then um, I, my wife and I were expecting our first child and she kind of gave me a good, this, we had a good talk and she goes, Hey, you know, that thing about you becoming a teacher, I think it's time because a kid is coming and you got to do some, something to be able to contribute a little bit more to this household. And if it wasn't for my wife, I would not have taken that, that scary plunge into, into being a, a, a teacher where. I hadn't set foot in a classroom since I was a, you know, a, a 18 year old. So I took that plunge and man, it's been the best decision I've ever made. I love what I do. I feel like I don't want to say I'm a natural, but I think it's just like in, it's in me to teach. And it's been the best experience I've ever had. I love my students. When I taught at Ota Ranch High School, I love those kids and I love these middle school kids. They're the best. I, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pigeonhole myself and say I'm a middle school teacher and I'll never go back and teach high school. 
But man, I love middle school. I love those little those little eleven year olds and twelve year olds, and you you hear their voices change mid year. You know, those are awesome. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I hear that. So 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 tell us overall, how long have you been? So where where did you start? How long have you been teaching now? And you're now at East Lake Middle, obviously. Yeah. But, but. I started teaching at Otay Ranch High in um, 15, and I got I did my student teaching there with uh, Mr. G uh, Mr. Gilbert Sanchez and Veronica uh, Cording, and they were my my student my master teachers, and they were excellent. I learned so much from them. And then uh, I got pulled in to do a uh, a one year assignment. Oh, it was a temporary assignment, which turned into a one year assignment where I was teaching um, human geography. The first year that that was a that was a, a class requirement, and then I taught U.S. history. And then I taught government and then I just kind of was thrown into it, kind of like figured it out, you know, and it was awesome. It was a challenge doing three preps, but I had like the best support system. It was awesome. Um, made a lot of great friends that I still talk to. And then after that one year, you know, numbers change. Like we all know every year numbers change. And I ended up uh, looking for a job. Um, I, and then I, Thought, why not East Lake Middle? They had an opening. It was dual language. I had never taught bilingual in that way, dual language before, but I did it. And Mr. Ulloa uh, said, "Yeah, you're you're the person for me." And I've been there ever since. This is my this is my fifth year teaching dual language. My sixth year teaching total. Christian, I had a question. Like many people in Sweetwater District, um, a lot of us are. Um, alumni, what made you want to come back? I mean, you could have taught anywhere in San Diego County, but what drew, drew you back to Sweetwater? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I wanted to come back and teach at Sweetwater because I felt um, I had I had really good teachers and I had teachers who maybe didn't, you know, I could have I could have had a little bit better. Right. I think there's always a philosophy from people who they either say, I want to be the teacher who I didn't have. Or I want to be the teacher that I did have that impacted me, right? For me, it was a little of both. Um, I felt like, I honestly feel like I have, I have this golden ticket that, you know, I, I feel like I've been successful based on my experiences and based on some of my excellent teachers that I've had. So I want to be able to give this ticket to everybody I possibly meet. You know, like I want to teach these, to give these kids, like, look, I figured it out. Like, I'm a kid from National City. Yeah, you're a kid from, you know, from wherever, you know kids from whatever east side west side south north they need excellent teachers so i feel like that's my job every single day to prove to them that somebody cares about them and that they're going to be successful in whatever avenue they take so i've always feel like the positivity that i bring whether it be you know learning about history and hopefully they, it, it impacts their life but not only not only that but i want to be like a good mentor for them and kind of show them that there's a path to success whether it be a path that maybe that I took or a path that maybe you choose to take, but success is going to happen if you give it your all, you know, and yet you have that support system that is beyond your parents, because especially now in distance learning, I think we're figuring out that, man, like being reaching success is not just like a parent, a household thing, or just like a teacher or a school thing It's all of us together working to, you know, pull this kid to push them to do something that will maybe, that, that'll help them in the future. And support has to come from both uh, uh, us through our screen right now and at home supporting them to get their work done and get their grades up and, you know, making them feel like they can do it. 
you know? So I think that's what it is. I feel like I'm a product of my environment, but also a product of my district. So I want to be able to give that at least the one, the 50% of support that they're getting, uh, uh, overall support that I can provide them that support for to be, for them to be successful. Okay. Oh, that's great, man. Um, you know, you, you took a couple of subjects we kind of talked, you touched on, and we'll come back a little bit to the distance learning piece. Um, cause I think that's a really important piece we want to talk about right now and kind of what that means. Um, but, but it, it, it just, you know, I think one of the things that, that, you know, it, you know, I like about you and, and I know that other people, you know, it just, it just comes out of you. You can tell how natural and just how, how passionate you are about all this. Um, you had my nephew Santiago a couple of years yeah. ago in class. He's now a ninth grader at East Lake High. Um, but to this day, he still talks about, you know, oh, Mr. Moreno did this and Mr. Moreno did that. So, so what is it that you bring, you think such a, um, you know, a, a different take, I think sometimes in the classroom than, than a lot of people do and where does that come from and, and what, what's behind that a little bit? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot, there's a misconception in teaching of, you know, you have your old school teachers who are very like, I don't smile until like October, right? Like I don't, I don't provide that sense of like, you know, it's almost like I don't want to show that I'm human, right? And it's not their fault. I mean, sometimes it's personality. I feel like I have a good personality, but I also, um, and you know, you can ask my former, you know, my former students, I'm very, I'm very demanding, right? But I provide my kids that support where they know that they're not gonna get there. I'm not leaving it up to, up to them to do it. I provide them with that support, but I'm also nice. Like who wants to have a teacher who's like a grump most of the time, you know, like nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's like constantly grumpy and, and, and not approachable. So especially for seventh grade, I feel like you have to be a little silly. You have to be, you can't take yourself serious. Like I don't like self-deprecating humor for me is funny. Right. But also with the, with the sense of like, there's a fine line between, between, you know, being friendly and then being a, a pushover. And I feel like I I walk that tightrope enough where a kid can at, be able comfortable enough to joke with me, but also if they can joke with me, they can also ask for help. They can be self advocates and not fear that I'm going to be like, oh, you don't know? How do you not know that? Right? Um, as a as a as a teacher who currently teaches other teachers, because I I I have had a lot of student teachers lately in the past couple of years, I teach I try to teach them that and something that is not taught in schools is like your tone, right? The way that you address your kids. Um, you can you can ask any of my kids and they'll say, Mr. Moreno does not change his tone after being asked the same question five times, right? Because that one kid, maybe they weren't paying attention. Maybe they were getting their work ready. Maybe they were getting their supplies ready. So why am I gonna snap at this one kid when all they're doing is asking a question and then that may be the last time they ask a question because I snapped at them. Right. And that goes on for high school, too. I was the same way in high school. I mean, there you're going to be a little a little bit more strict, but it's the same thing. Show your humanity so the kids know that they're you're approachable. And then they, not only do they work hard for themselves, they work hard for you because they don't want to let you down because you told them that you you believe in them, that you trust them or or that they can do it. You know what I mean? So I think like you like you asked, I think it is. Part of it is personality, but also part is just like, don't take yourself so serious. We're teachers. It's a, it's, it's a profession, but it's also, we need to be approachable, right? Yeah, I think, and I think that's, you know, I asked 
my team, I feel like that's kind of how we all, are. at least that's how I try to be also. Sometimes we just spend time just talking about stuff, not just work, not just, yeah. you know, we spend a lot of time actually doing that, you know, because you, you're right. It is, it is definitely, you know, we're, we're all in the same boat, it's, you know, and, and like you said, who wants somebody that's not going to be, that you're not going to be, you know, okay with and be happy yeah. with and, you know, all that. Exactly. So I, I hear that, man. I really appreciate that. So, you know, kind of same along the same lines. So this has been, and I hear this from, from everybody along the way, and, you know, everywhere from district office to the classroom to everywhere else and, and teachers, especially, this has been probably the most challenging time. Uh, this has been a year that no, none of us could have ever imagined. Um, but tell us, you know, how that's been for you and then how you've, you know, kept going with this and how you've kept going, you know, again, with the expectations and the, and the you know, the, the way you approach teaching, how that's been for you. Yeah, this, this year has been tough. This year has been definitely tough. It's, it, it's, it's worked. Is it the toughest year ever? Yes. Right. Like, apart from the teaching aspect, everything else that comes with the household, right? Like, you know, I have two kids here. I have one who's doing distance learning himself. My wife also works, you know, she's working here. So we have a lot, we have to like delegate and keep organized. You don't understand how organized I am now. I did not think I was going to be this organized. I am incredibly organized. Um, I mean, my shoes are all over the place here on the floor, but my files are all in their correct color coded folders. All right. But but yeah, I, I mean, it's been it's been a challenge because a lot of the assignments that I would normally provide the students, I've had to modify, and then I have to think about the fact that it's a lot more teacher centered, at least for me. Um, I've had to make these assignments clear for the students, right? I need to say, all right, if a student's doing this on their own, without me, you know, looking over their shoulder and guiding them how to do something, how can, what do I need to provide these students in order for them to be able to be successful on their own? So I've been able, I've had to modify a lot of my assignments. It's actually been really good because it, it makes you reflect on what you're doing. Would I be doing this in the normal classroom setting? Maybe not, right? Because we kind of get used to or stuck in our own ways of doing things. And this, is, this has made me look at things from different lenses, different points of view, from the teacher perspective, from the master teacher perspective, from the student perspective, and then from the parent perspective. If I'm a parent and I want to help my student, my, 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 my child out, are these instructions clear to me also? Right. So I think from because I am a parent, because I am a teacher, because I am a master, well, a guy teacher, um, I need to just look at all of these things from these perspectives, which makes me a better all around teacher, I think. So that's one of the things that I've done. I've, you know, I've created presentations for the kids. I create one every single day for them. And it's been easy for them to follow. I make videos every day. I had one of my students today tell me after class, after we all left, and she says, on, and I was like, oh, hey, do you have a question? She goes, Mr. Rhino, I just want to tell you that I subscribed to your YouTube channel. I was like, I made it. This is it. I made it. I have a follower, right? But, but it's, just, it's just my videos of me explaining the work and me starting off all the videos the same way. Hola, estudiantes. It's a look at almost I said, oh, yeah, I, I have it down. I have my YouTube intro down. I'm I good. love that. That's so, awesome. So I think that's what I'm doing. I've, I've had to really switch things around to make it understandable in all different ways for all of the people involved in this learning process. So give us 
through this year what's been one of the bigger challenges, but then also give us what's one of the big, the wins, the successes that you've had, you feel like this year? Um, yeah, this year, one of my one of my biggest challenges has been um, the ability to provide students feedback on the fly, right? I'm not seeing I'm not seeing their progress the, the 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 processing of assignments as they go, so I can kind of guide them towards the path that they should be going on, right? I kind of have I've had to provide that feedback when they turn out an assignment in, and I think that's been the biggest challenge where they have to then fix or correct or rearrange something that they've already been given after the fact. And I think that's the biggest challenge of learning because, you know, sometimes we learn as we go, not at the end and then come back and fix it. It's a lot more work to, you know, for example, I made some bunk beds, right, for my kids. And, you know, I, I started doing something and I realized, oh, I messed that up. Am I going to go back and fix it? No, they're not going to fall. They're going to be okay. Right, they're gonna be okay. It's just one nail. It's fine, right? So it's the same thing with the students. Do are they gonna go back and fix it? Probably not after the fact, right? Unless I discount point or tell them to resubmit it. So I feel that's been the biggest challenge. One of the biggest wins though this this year, I feel like my my ability to connect with my kids has not gone. I have not that I haven't lost, and I think that's because I do things little things here and there that allows them to connect with me. Like, I remember the things they say. That's something that I normally do in the classroom, right? I see those ones that turn on, turn on their cameras. I can, oh, you're, you're at a different place now. Oh, tell me where you're sitting at today. Oh, I'm at my grandma's, cool. Oh, we're doing at your grandma's. Like little things like that allows me to connect with them. And I remember things that they like. I have a kid who is now learning play, to play guitar. And after school, after class, once a week, he stays with me and he plays for me the new song he learned. Right. So he, he that's him feeling that he feels comfortable being with me and playing, but he knows that I care. Right. Like little that's things so cool. that little things like that are the ones that, you know, that that allows me to remember, allow them to understand that they are even though we're in distance learning. I still care about them. I still make those connections to them. I remember that one thing that they did you know, last week or two weeks ago because I remember, you know. I wish you were my middle school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's a lot of work, though. I will say. I mean, I mean, I think I'm lucky that I have pretty good memory about these things because I do like to collect little like factoids of them. And I think me using them again is like a strategic way for them to connect to understand that I do remember that. I do pay attention to you. So if I pay attention to you, you should pay attention to what I'm saying too, even if even if it's boring history work. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like I said, I wish I could have been in your class. Sounds like the kids are having a good time and they're learning so much. Um, I had a question. What are some key things you've learned about yourself um, and your profession during this season of teaching? Something that I've learned, it's been patience and organization. I know I don't know, I don't know if these kind of go together or not, because I feel like I feel like I'm better at my job sometimes than some of the things I do at home. Like I was saying, like organization, man, am I organized. But look at my, don't look at my desk, but it is a mess, right? Like little things like that. Like I know where things are. I organize myself. I have like these, these, these files that are like hyperlinked and all of these things. But when it comes to stuff around the house, my wife will tell you, sometimes you're not the best at picking up your shoes or, or, or putting away, you know, putting away your, your coat or putting away, you know, helping put away the kid's stuff. I mean, that's, that's been the hard, that, that, that's been a little bit more, been of a challenge. 
But I, I have discovered that, you know, patience, patience, I, I am normally patient when it comes to my students, but now I have to, I need to have more because if I want them to continue to try, I can't just be like, all right, that's your one opportunity to submit this assignment, you're done. I need to provide more and then have to regrade something like five different times in order for them to, to get it. So, and that's been a, and that's been a challenge. Um, this is my first year that I'm also doing a one six. So I'm teaching all six periods. And this is my first time that I, in four years that I'm teaching in English. So that's been the challenge. So I really have two preps. I'm teaching all day. I don't have a prep period. Um, I have a, I had two student teachers last year. Now I have one this year, one this one semester. So I need to talk to her every day. I also need to wash dishes. I also need to make the kids lunch. That's my job. That's my job. My wife tells me that when they come down, you need to have lunch. So I do lunch. And it's been just a complete juggling act. And I think I realized, you know, I do a lot. And I I like sleeping. That's one of the things that I realized. I really like sleeping. It's been it's been tough. It's been tough, you know, like sleep, sleep before, you know. I don't know how old you guys are, but you know, I just turned 38 and I'm feeling 50. Um, I'm I'm very, very tired and Coffee is a godsend. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? What's interesting is actually Christian, Nadej, and me. We all have kids about the same age. But you know that that's a it's a good point because I think that's one of the things that's been interesting. At least you know that's one of the things we've adapted to is is that um, you know similar situation of I have you know wives at home working. Uh, I actually have my parents here as well. Um, my kids, one of them's in school, one's not yet. And, you know, I am now kindergarten tutor, uh, every day. Uh, so that's what I do on, on yeah. a daily basis. So, so talk to us a little bit about that adjustment, just that personal adjustment to, to, to all that on top of, you know, your day job. Right. Um, I wake up and I wake up and I'm just like, completely groggy and then because I'm tired from grading them from the night before and then I wake up and I realize that the best thing I've done recently is remember to set the coffee timer before I go to sleep that's been the best um so I do that and then I just come down and my wife is already she's the person to get up because she is she's the morning person or we've designated her the morning person and she makes the kids breakfast and then i come down and i kind of like you know i make their beds because you know abraham has class in his uh, in his room so i need to make we need to make the bed so that it looks presentable in there um and then i start you know i start my class or before that I'll, if, if it's if it's um sam's day to go to go to kindergarten i mean the preschool He'll go and I, I take him and I rush back to start a class. Um, and then I just start. And then my wife is upstairs and my son is upstairs and I just do my class. And then, you know, I'm for the first two periods I'm observing, my student teacher teach, but then it's not like I can just go great. I can kind of pay attention to what's happening, right? But then it's funny, like today, my wife had a lot of had, had a, a couple of calls today and she had a couple of calls yesterday. And I'll like text her, like I have my phone on here and I'll just like text, hey, how are you doing? How'd, you, how'd, you, how'd your day been so far? Or do you want some coffee? Did you get coffee? So in my breaks, I'll go take her coffee upstairs or she'll come down and, you know, we'll, we'll interact. And it really is at the end of the day, like, you know, in a, in, in, a, in a few, in a little bit, we'll be like, how was your day? 
Even though we've seen each, we've been in the same household this whole day, we'll say, we'll ask each other, how was your day? And we have to decompress. And then that's when the real work starts, no? That's when the kids are like all over the place. And they want to do this. And they want to do that. And maybe it's rainy. You know, it's been raining so they can't go outside and relieve all of that, all of that, you know, pent up uh, uh, um, energy. Which if you see me waving my hands around right now, you realize that they get it from me, I think, of the nonstop energy. And so it's like a constant thing. So we've had to really adapt in our roles of what each of us is in charge of. And even then, it's still not enough, you know, like I fold clothes, I don't know how many times. And then, you know, like, and I'm very picky about the way I fold clothes on like Marie Kondoing that thing like crazy every day. And, and, and so we have our roles and even then they overlap. And then we still have to teach the kids with, you know, help them out with their homework, help them out with, you know, family time, you know. We are not proponents of screen time, but man, have that's been useful when the times that we need to get something done, you know. So now, as a as a as a parent, I never judge when kids are like on their screen. I'm like, hey, that's best for you. Yeah, I know how you're. I know what you're going through. Power to you, you know. Uh, uh, um, digital high five because you're making it happen as a parent. So do you do your thing, but. Yeah, it's like a constant thing, you know? It's like constantly grading, constantly providing feedback to to my students, but then also have to balance out the time with spending time with my wife, spending time with our kids, spending time just my wife and myself, you know? I mean, I think some of us are lucky that we've had an opportunity to, you know, have an expanded household of grandparents and or and friends, you know, our bubbles or whatever, if we have bubbles. We're lucky that my, you know, my mother-in-law has been there for us, and we can drop off the kids with her, and they're, you know, we're safe. They're all masked up, and you know, running around in her backyard, and we can finally just chill and just watch, you know, some TV together, my wife and I, and pass that on the couch and not worry about the kids, you know, drawing on us. So, yeah, that happens. <laughs> in my house, it's dishes. I feel like dishes are being done literally like every hour of the day at least once every hour there's a batch of dishes going mm-hmm. through the through, through, through the through the sink it's, it's amazing <laughs> like, where did they all come yeah mine um, is mopping and sweeping because oh. there's constant crumbs everywhere mm-hmm. and i can't stand it so mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a dog right, so my, everywhere. We joke with my daughter that that i don't know what she eats because everything she eats ends up on the floor i'm like yep. we're did, did you eat that or did you just crumple it up and throw it on the floor? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Christian, if you had any advice to give to, you know, your, your peers, your colleagues, um, what would you say during this time? How would you encourage them? So I would say in this time, be, be patient, but also give yourself a break. And as much as I, I think, that's an advice that my wife would probably say I don't take much of because I feel like I'm constantly working and I have high expectations for myself as for my students. And, and I feel like I do a lot. And I, I mean, besides teaching, I'm, I'm part of the Chula Vista uh, uh, library board. So I do that also, you know, I do a couple of other things on the, uh, uh, on the side that just, that interests me. I feel like we all need to be patient with ourselves and, you know, I think we're all maybe on, you know, short fuses, right? 
sorry, that's my email. We were all like on short fuses and that's tough. I mean, it's just being able to see each other's humanity and be and be empathetic of what we're all going through, right? Like, you know, this kid who's struggling with their assignments, it may be that it's not because they choose not to. It's maybe something is going on at home that's preventing them. But, you know, it's hard not to take things like that personal because you're working so hard yourself, right? You're pushing yourself to create all of these things and maybe you're not getting the the, the response back that you want to by completed work or whatever. So it takes a toll on you because, hey, I'm doing all this work. Why isn't this person doing all this work the same? But I don't know. I would say just be patient. Give, you know, spend some time to just disconnect. Um, I turn off my computer on Friday. I mean, I leave it on because, you know, Teams is can, can be a little bit funky every day you turn it on. But I leave my computer on all day, but I don't check my email. I, I I don't check my email on my phone anymore until I can sneak one by after dinner for like a little bit. And then, okay, then I, then I put it down. But on the weekends, I don't work until Friday, until Sunday when I, you know, when I get down to planning my presentation or my work for the next, for the next week. But let's all give ourselves a break and let's all be able to enjoy some 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 quality time with our significant others or our family or our friends and you know what go for a hike go and hang out you know but go for a walk around the neighborhood go and do something that's just like chill and it won't it's not gonna make you think about work well listen man we, we don't want to keep you too much longer but um just appreciate your time and appreciate you, you having a, a moment to have a conversation with us anything else you want to share with us or share with anybody listening out there any of our you know staff or students or just anybody in the community anything you want to share yeah um i would say just like everybody just you know do your best and i think that's all that that's all that teachers care about and that's all that students care about too, right? If the teacher is doing their best, hey, maybe you, you know, maybe you both of you can combine one day where you're both doing your best and that's success, right? This is not our normal school year. We're not gonna be able to do all the things we normally do, you as a student and me as a teacher, or parents as as normal as, you know, as as a normal school year, as parents just leave their kids to do their thing, come back and help them. It's been so tough for everybody. And you know what? All we can do is do our best, right? And whatever our best is, if your best is not giving 100%, if your best is 90 because other things are going on, that's fine. I think just that and communicating with each other when something goes wrong or when you know, you're having a bad day or whatever, communication. I when, when I get those emails from kids like, you know what, today I'm not having a good day. I'm cool with that. You know, I like hearing that because it's not it's not an excuse. It's like, a, hey, heads up. I'm not feeling it today. You know what I mean? But I, I'll always say this, though. For me, I feel like I always give it my all. What was that? Manny, Manny, you're a baseball person. Was it, was it a, I think it was a, a man, I'm told, Ted Williams, right? He goes, you know, why do you give it your all every day, every game? It's because one day there will be a kid in the stand who will see me. And if I'm not giving you my all, you know, that's the first impression that I give. I feel that's the way I am every period. I have to give it my all just because, hey, maybe that one day that I give it my all is the one the one day that turns around some kid, right? So I feel like that's why on Sundays, I'm mean, sorry, on Fridays, after I log off, I just crash on that couch because I gave it my all all week. And no coffee can help me get out of that out of that uh, out of that nap. Well, any questions you have of us or anything we no, can answer, anything no, you want to no, no. you want to know about us? 
No, thank you guys. It's 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 flattering to hear that somebody wants to hear something that I would have to say. Um, um, uh, Santiago was so. I remember one story from Santiago, Manny. I remember. I remember um, we were in class, and he was very. I, I got like an email. I don't know. I think his mom sent me an email, and she had told me that his that his dog died. Yeah. And then he was mega bummed, and he. he was. Was, he was mega bummed that it was the dog that he's known all of his life, right? It's like the dog, life, yeah. him, right? The dog was like 15. The dog was like 15. He was like 13. He was 13 or and he's, 12. And he's, yeah, yeah. And yeah, remember, they had him. That's right. They actually did have him before Santiago. Yeah. So, and yeah. I remember mom telling me, and this, this, is, this is how I knew that I was doing something right. I remember her in the email saying, um, he doesn't want anybody to know. And he's going to be bummed all day at school. But he said it was okay to tell you and so so i was the only person who knew that the dog had died and i felt like okay so santiago obviously thinks highly of me to be able to let me know in on his secret you know on his secret or on his pain so that day i was just like i kind of just looked at him and, and like he knew and we're like you're gonna be all right like we're gonna be okay and then he had like a great day, you know. He was like a, he, it, it was just that like that little those little things is like when I when I know that it's not about history, it's not about content, it's about those connections. And I felt like that I knew that Santiago and I had a connection where he was felt comfortable enough to say, "Mr. Marno, knowing is cool with that." Yeah. Well, I'm 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 surprised I'm not in tears right now because <laughs> I know I'm I mean, holding that, him back. That, that means a lot to me too, man. That means a lot to me too. Um, yeah. You know, uh, his mom, Mary, is like, she's my cousin, but she's she's like my sister. Yeah. These guys know that because she's always around the office. And, uh, and San Diego is like my my mini me. Yeah. Um, I, I, one day I'll show you a picture. This is a great picture I took of when he was like 10 or 11 and me at about the same age. And we look strikingly similar, <laughs> like strikingly similar. It's crazy. Um, and he's my little mini me. He's always hung yeah. around me and all that stuff. So so I talk to him a lot. And even now we still keep, you know, obviously we, we keep in touch all the time. But. Um, so that means a lot to me, man. So, yeah. so thank you. From, yeah, from, tell him I said hi to, to, to the okay. family. I said hi, and one of these days I get to see him in his high school. He's, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's getting big, man. The dude's as tall as I am now, just about. It's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to be a taller kid, and he is. He's a tall kid. So. Yeah. yeah. Great kid. Well, Christian, thank you, Mr. Moreno. We really appreciate you, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, guys. Have a good have a hey, good one. Uh, Have the family and yes, I enjoy will. the rest of your day. Yeah, let's all go rest now. Yeah, yes. exactly. Except, except for the sound guy. He has to install that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> More's got work to do. This episode of Sweetwater All-Stars was brought to you by the Sweetwater District Grants and Communications Department. Audio and editing production of this episode was done by Omar DeLeon, web development and technical support Brian Perandi, Cecilia De La Riva for assistance support, and me, Nadez Johnson, today's interviewer and podcast producer.